Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Main Street Finance Podcast. I am, of course, Alex, your host, and I have a quick announcement for you. My schedule has been a little wild lately, and it's getting hard for me to really guarantee episodes on a particular day of the week. So I'm no longer going to have an episode coming out exactly after midnight on every Tuesday morning. Instead, they're going to come out on just about any day. However, I will be still shooting for an episode per week and possibly more if I can swing it. So with that out of the way, today we are going to talk about another common personal finance topic. Is it better to pay off debt or to invest? You're listening to the Main Street Finance Podcast, where we take the Wall Street bull by the horns to help you achieve your financial goals. Whether it's budgeting, investing, or financial independence, we tackle the big questions in the pursuit of financial literacy. And now, your host. So the question of the day is another which is better question. Unfortunately, my answer is something that is very much like me as far as answers go, and it's, it depends. Debt can be considered good or bad. I like to compare it to fire. A little of it can keep you warm, but too much will burn down your house. Without debt, it would be very hard, if not impossible, to buy a house or get an advanced degree. But with debt, you can also rack up tens of thousands in credit card debt. So you can really go too far with it, but also use it for the powers of good. My personal opinion on debt is that it should only be used if the thing you're purchasing will earn you more money than what the debt is costing you, or if you don't have much of a choice. In general, that for me is investing in stocks and bonds, business investments, your house, and your car. The car is the black sheep of that list, but we'll get to that in a moment. A topic that I haven't covered on the show in a while is opportunity cost. An opportunity cost is a term that represents the cost of your next best option. Essentially, you only have so much of something to give or to spend. In this case, you only have so much money that you can spend. Say in a certain situation that you can only buy X or Y because you don't have enough for both. If you choose X, the opportunity cost is Y. Because you spent your money on X, you lost out on getting Y. So why do I bring up opportunity costs? Well, opportunity costs are important for understanding my position on debt. You receive a paycheck at least every month. If you want to buy a house but don't want to use debt, you are going to spend many years putting your cash in the bank, getting ready to purchase that house. While you're saving all of that money for a house, your opportunity cost is everything else that you could have done with that money, instead of just spending a decade trying to save. The biggest opportunity that you missed out on, in my opinion, is investing. In this scenario, your options are to either A, save for a house, or B, invest and grow your wealth. Assuming that debt is not an option, you can only effectively do one or the other. However, if you change the situation a bit, you can add in someone else's money. If you combine your money with a bank's money, well, now you can do both. You can let the bank put up 80% of the money for your house, pay them back over time, and use your money to put the down payment and invest. So all of that was just to get the gears going in your head so that I can go over my personal feelings on the matter. I think that the question is dependent on the balance of the equation. Are you better off paying off your debt, or are you better off investing? How I answer that question is with percentages. The U.S. stock market has historically returned about 9% per year. 
Now, that includes the Great Depression, the Great Recession, and every top and bottom of the market for the last about 100 years. As any investment firm or investment advisor will tell you, which again, I am not, past performance is not indicative of future gains. So let's be safe and assume that over the long term, we can expect a 7% return on our investments. Of course, you can always use a different assumption. This is your life, your money, you assume whatever you want. This is just the numbers that I am using. What I want for you to take away from this episode is the mindset and the thought process, not the specific numbers I'm giving you. Debt is pretty easy to calculate your return with. If you have a loan that has an interest rate of 5%, paying off that loan early will save you 5% because you are no longer paying it and therefore you are no longer accruing that 5% interest. So when it comes to debt, your rate of return in paying it off early is the same as the interest rate on your debt. Now that we have an assumption for our investments and our debt, let's go down a list of possible debts and see where we stand. First, let's talk about credit cards. If you have credit card debt and your annual interest rate is 14%, which do you think you're better off doing? Earning 7% on your investments or earning 14% by paying off your credit card debt? The correct answer is that you are better paying off your credit card debt. This is not a trick question in any way, shape, or form. So how about student loans? These are highly variable depending on if they're federal loans or not and depending on what the bank or finance company thought about your risk profile when you took out the loans. So I'm just going to go ahead and pick an arbitrary interest rate. Remember that what's important here is the process, not the numbers that I'm telling you now. So let's go ahead and say that your student loans are at a 5% interest rate. Are you better off earning 7% from investments or paying 5% towards your loans? It's the question you got to ask yourself. I think you get the idea here, but I do need to make two very important notes. The first is that you should always be paying at least the minimum on all of your debts. Just because you earn a higher return on your investing does not mean that I am advocating for you to not make payments on your debt. We are talking about what to do with your extra money. The second note is that this is the math-based answer to the question. Since I haven't said it yet this episode and it's becoming pretty popular on my show, Most of these popular personal finance questions have two answers. You have the mathematically superior option and the psychologically superior option. What I just described to you in that thought process is the mathematically better option. So let's go ahead and talk about the psychologically better option. The psychology here is pretty straightforward. Most people sleep better at night when they don't owe anything to anyone. If you own your house and your car, there is a certain sense of security that you get knowing that you don't have to make payments on them, they're 100% yours, and no one can take them away from you. Of course, not having these debts is also a fantastic way to free up your budget for more investing or just doing more of what you want to do. I want to propose that you take a second, and I'm actually going to pause for a few seconds, and really think about how your monthly budget would look without a house payment and without any car payments. It looks good, doesn't it? In the interest of being open with you guys, I'm going to go ahead and tell you my story. I personally do not have any debt except for my mortgage. I use credit cards, but I use a pretty good budgeting app, so it's easy for me to keep track of where my spending is on the credit card, and I pay that off every month, so I don't carry over a balance. And my car is paid off. Personally, I am perfectly fine paying a 3% interest rate on my house while my investments earn an assumed 7%. And as longtime listeners will know, I have a 20-year mortgage. So even though I have that mortgage, that loan is going to get paid off earlier than other people who bought at the same time as me, 
with me making zero extra payments. What I'm doing now is directing all of my excess money to investments and beefing up my savings accounts and then just raking my regular payments towards my mortgage. As much as I hate leaving you all with it depends as an answer, personal finance is personal. And this is something that you or you and your spouse will have to really sit down and think about. Some people absolutely abhor the idea of being in debt, while others are completely fine with it. However, I do feel strongly about this. If you sit down, or if you and your spouse sit down, think about it, and decide that you want to go all in and paying down your debt, not just credit cards, not just student loans, not just consumer debt, even your mortgage, if you want to be completely debt-free, I do not recommend that you stop your investing completely. If you were to go hardcore on your debts, I would recommend maintaining at least a 10% savings rate in your 401k, or if you don't have one, an IRA. Saving is a muscle and it has to be flexed, or you're going to lose it. And the opportunity cost of you investing nothing for a certain period of time can be quite large. If paying off your mortgage early is something that you want to do, I'm 100% behind it. If that's what you want to do and you understand the opportunity cost, absolutely. Personal finance is personal. But I do think that you should keep your 10% savings rate and then allocate everything else towards your debt. You really want to keep building that nest egg, because it may take you 5 or 10 years to pay off that mortgage. And you really don't want to miss out on five or 10 years of investing in your 401k. And with that, thank you all for listening. Please think about subscribing if you haven't already. Keep in mind that subscribing will give you notifications whenever I publish an episode, now that there's not a solid set schedule. And with that, I will see you all next week.